the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Wow. Welcome to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. This first hour, we'll be on Facebook Live. Um, Charles Love is not in today, but I am, I am, I, you know, when I went looking for someone to help come onto the show to help who I thought could um, make some sense of things, <laughs> I called my sister, I mean, and I'm going to find out if we're related. That last name that you have, that's my grandmother's last name. Mitchell? Mitchell. Uh, I want to That's introduce- my married name. Well, you're married. Okay, I'm giving whatever. it back. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I want to welcome you. Welcome to the show. First time on the show. First time as a guest co-host. The one, the only, the incomparable Raquel Mitchell. Welcome oh, to Black and Right. Oh, see, now flattery will get you everywhere, John. <laughs> well, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we also have another special guest uh, in, in with us today. I, I, I'll never forget the first, very first, first Facebook post I saw from this next guest host. And I was I like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like this she said what i would say what i would have said the i mean she's just like a fireball she's not afraid she's not um she's not, she doesn't you know take no for an answer the one and only jennifer nevins correct is that did yeah. i say your last name correct? Hey, you know, like right? evans with an n i'm just living the dream today thank you for having me along hey so. oh thank you um i just before we get started with the show and everything as you guys know my little brother was shot and killed yeah. um on sunday um mm-hmm. in lansing um, so it got me to thinking. I had a whole different show that I wanted to do, but after that happened, I, I really wanted to change the the topic of the show because it was something that this topic is something that's near and dear to me. And um, my wife and I, we helped so many, uh, a couple people start their own business in dealing with mental health related issues. Um, and one of the things that I really wanted to talk about first was just how um, how it goes untreated especially in the conservative, I mean, minority communities, especially in the black community, um, because I know most black people, you know, wait, what they call him? He acting funny. You know, mm-hmm. something wrong yeah, with him. he ain't right. He ain't right. In the head. <laughs> you know, black folks, that's 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 normally that's, those are some of the things that we talk about. Right. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to invite someone o- on to the show. Um, her name is um, Dr. Laughlin. Uh, my wife and I, I, I should know. We um, actually helped her start this business that she's doing right now. Well, she's already been doing it, but we kind of assisted her with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Laughlin, welcome to the show. Dr. Laughlin? I hear you. Dr. Laughlin? Are you there? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I hear you. There you go. All right, let's try it again. Dr. Laughlin, are you there? Oh, there you go. There you go. Go ahead. Talk up. 
Hello? I don't think she wants to talk to us today. <laughs> Dr. Laff. Well, anyway, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about was, you know, what happens in the black community? Um, and and why, is it, why, is, why is it such a stigma for, our, our, you know, the black community? Right. And why don't we go into try seeking help? Well, I, I think historically or, you know, it's always been about um, it's been a spiritual. I think it's more that we probably look at it more of a spiritual um, battle. So and 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 it is that's one thing. And another thing is, too, that we've historically been considered strong people. Strong people don't get weak mentally. So that's a I think that's another uh, that's probably another reason why uh, we, we don't seek help for any psychological issues because, you know, are you kidding me? What do you mean? You know, we we used to pick cotton and we used to. Um, we were treated poorly by slave masters and, you know, you're not, we're not, this is not happening now. So why are we breaking down in some way mentally? So I think that's one of the reasons um, why, especially um, after that, you know, uh, we don't seek um, counseling. We're, we're not going through that now. So what's your problem? Right. You know, and also we, it just doesn't, uh, even among our family members, it, it's, it's an, it's a very, embarrassing situation to say, oh, you know, that's a thing. It's like, Correct. you know, oh, he's he's going to a psychologist or yeah. a counselor. Yeah. yeah, I mean. The stigma, the stigma, right? It is. On top, and now think about this, add, add this little bit to it. So not only do we have that, I mean, think about even going to a marriage counselor. Oh. You don't need no marriage counselor. Yeah. You don't need no marriage counselor. You know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I was one of those guys who... <clears throat> I don't need no counselor. I don't need no therapist. I don't need no marriage counselor. We can handle this ourselves. Until hell came up against me and I realized mentally I wasn't all there. Right. You know, and I was one of those people who said, no, uh-uh, I'm not special. I, and nothing wrong with me in my head. Right. I don't need that. I don't need no counselor. I don't need no somebody. I don't need anybody trying to tell me what, what's wrong with me. I know what's wrong with me. Right. But I didn't. I really didn't know deep down, didn't really understand the psychological traumas that I had experienced, mm-hmm. you know, all the way down as a child growing up and, you know, being from, a, a, you know, not never knowing who my father was, uh, all these things, these wounds that I, that I had, and they've been, they were left undressed for so many years. And here it is. Now I act out of those wounds. No excuse. Right. There's no excuse. But that's what happens, right? Yeah. That, that, yes. Yes, it is. And as a matter of fact. I think um, just going through time, most people would most people would have sought help a long time. Well, first of, I'm sorry. Let me let me back up a little bit. I think that everybody uh, probably resists going to mm-hmm. seek counseling. Yeah, everybody it's, 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 does it's, 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 right. Even but within even within the black community, it's even worse. Correct. It's even worse. Um, you know, I was gonna say when you said you had these wounds or whatever, and all I can think of. In my head was I don't need no counsel. All I need is a good behind whooping. Yeah, because that's yeah. what we used that's to say, I mean. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing wrong with him. You just need a good behind whooping, yeah. right? Yeah. So that I'm glad that as a community, you know, black people are starting to um, be open to yeah. seeking help because we do need it. And actually, if we don't, I even think that right now that we are that that what's going on in society with the millennials and this and the other is all a symptom of not seeking psychological help and not not cleaning those wounds. Yeah. So it it is it can ruin 
guess what? Things. Yes. We we now have Dr. Laughlin back on the line. Let me let Excellent. me let me give, really give you a backdrop of who she really is. She's a licensed clinical professional <clears throat> counselor who's been working in the field of mental health for over 15 years. She's a sole proprietor of Pos- Positive Approach LLC, where the motto is "Together We Take Care of the Mind." Dr. Laughlin, welcome to Black and Right. How are you? I'm great today. Thank you so much. I do apologize about the uh, phone issue. You just didn't want to talk. I get it now. I see how it is. No, I definitely do want to talk. But I don't know if you were listening to to the conversation we were talking about um, some of the reasons why we feel that blacks, particularly, uh, we we know that we know that mental health is a is an overall issue for the entire population of this called planet Earth. But mm-hmm. we also know that blacks, for most of the better part, don't want to go out and seek help. Can you explain to the listening audience why that is? Yeah, uh, well, several reasons I really have come to uh, believe that. First of all, um, there's been such a disparity of mental health services that have been offered to African Americans in particular. Um, with the closing, especially in the state of Illinois, with the closing of Tony uh, Park Mental Health Center and other various community agencies, it's been very difficult for people to come and seek help. Um, so I think that because they actually have no place to go, a lot of times, a lot of times they just choose to internalize the problems, or they try to just keep things within the family. You know, that's the African American culture. Don't talk about it. We just keep things in the family. But a lot of the times, that's only harming the individual more than more than actually helping them. But there's a very misconceived uh, notion and a lot of stigma that exists against if you come to see a professional for help if you come to see someone. So I think, first of all, we have to deal with the fact that there hasn't been that many places for them to go, uh, African-Americans to go. And then second, we have to deal with the fact that um, if I do come here, will, will, will I be seen as weak? Will I be seen as uh, a person who has a problem? As, as I did hear you all say earlier, you know, that, that person that's just a little off, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a stigma that people associated with it with that and labeling. Um and then you have to also consider some misdiagnosis. Uh, there's been oh. a lot of misdiagnosis in the African-American community that um, has happened as well. Uh, PTSD and major depressive disorder are the top two uh, mental health diagnoses that are uh, misdiagnosed among uh, African-Americans. So I think that it's a combination of several sources. Dr. Laughlin, this is Jennifer. I was reading an article um, by an African-American psychologist, uh, Monica Williams, and one of the points that she was making is that one of the things that prevents members of the black community from seeking these services when they're offered is a distrust of professionals. And the, yeah, I wonder if you can explain that a little bit more. So that's something that you are also kind of in line with. Her point that she was making is that there is a fear there that um, they will be looked down upon and that they might be hospitalized yeah. or treated differently yeah. than non-minorities. Absolutely, Jennifer. What you're talking about uh, is cultural competence among providers. Mm. So a lot of times when you go into the doctor's office or into, uh, you know, any doctor's office, we are expecting our providers to be very uh, culturally competent. Mm -hmm. And cultural competence just simply means a provider who's able to take into that person's, uh, that patient's or client's culture, their background, their history. So a lot of times what uh, Dr. Williams was talking about in that article is true. There is a misconceived notion that um, 
if I go here, will the designer be able to recognize my cultural my mm. cultural differences? Mm. Okay. Will they be able to be able to diagnose me appropriately? Uh, is it just that I'm sad, or am I actually do I have depression? Is it just my depression blues? Am I just going through things, and or actually is it a serious a mental health disorder? So yes, uh, mm. her 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 point was very true. Um, and the black health providers who are not culturally competent, who don't take into consideration a, person, a person's culture, values, opinions, and especially in the African American community, you know, our family comes, you know, our family's opinion matters. Mm-hmm. Our friends' opinion matters. Um, you know, your best girlfriends, your best guy friends. And so if a person is not aware of that person's cultural system or cultural support, then that leads to a lot of distress, and I don't know if I feel like I can trust my provider or, you know, my doctor with, with this information that I'm giving them. So absolutely, she's absolutely correct. Wow. Uh, uh, Dr. Laughlin, uh, this is Raquel. So I just, uh, you know what, you hit, you hit upon something very important, and that is um, that I was thinking about was trust. Right. So you have to be able to trust your provider. And so uh, a lot of people, you know, they don't know who to go to. OK, so they're at the point where they're thinking that, that they want to go. But who do I go to? Where do I find uh, a decent counselor that not only and I've and I have to say that I've uh, spoken to a lot of uh, people in the black community who who don't mind seeking counseling, but they would they also want uh, an understanding, a Christian understanding as well. So, but they don't want to go. Obviously, they wouldn't want to go to a pastor. They want to go to a licensed counselor, but they want that person to understand their religion and background. They don't want to be, you know, shoveled a bunch of, uh, you know, psychological mumbo jumbo, scientific mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. They also want a Christian component as well. I think that you find that a lot within the black community. Do you do you disagree? I do not disagree. I totally, uh, totally agree with you. Um, actually, uh, in the African-American community, we know that our pastors, our church family, um, you know, they're, they're very big influences in our life. And a person who is going to seek a therapist wants to, a particularly African-American person, going to seek a therapist, if spirituality is such a, or religion is a part of their their uh, network or their social, absolutely you want to be able to speak to a provider that has that know-how and, and has that awareness. Again, so it kind of goes back to that uh, cultural consciousness piece as well. But I do not disagree with you. I agree with you 100%. As a matter of fact, I have uh, several clients on my students who are all African-American uh, females who particularly sought me out because I'm African-American, I'm a female, uh, I have a advanced degree, but also I was familiar with their, with their religion and with their spirituality of choice. So it plays a big difference. I'm able to incorporate some of their spiritual principles into their treatment. Wow. Hey, Dr. Laughlin, how can the people reach you? Do you have a website? Um, do you have any contact information, any social media presence? Yes, I do. My website is www.positiveapproachtoday.com, and I am on Instagram at Positive Approach LLC, and also on Twitter as Positive Approach LLC. Well, Dr. Laughlin, thank you so much. I mean, I thought that was a very informative um, session. Thanks so much for joining us, and I hope the people reach out to you. Um, i got to have you on again. I'm sure we can always talk about uh, anything pertaining to mental health, and I would love to have you on again to discuss this. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. All right, you all have a great day. All right, you too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's tough. tough. Hey, if you're out there and you're you're thinking about Mm -hmm. um, getting counseling um, and, you, you know, you happen to be black, or I don't care what color you are, just a race you are, just 
go and seek it. If it's on your mind, go and do it. Yeah. Go and do it. That, and, and that's true. It's, it's, I mean, I know, you know, when the next guest comes on, um, it's somebody that helped me. Um, and, and one, and I thought, I think one of my darkest moments in my life, um, he's a good friend. Um, he's also elected official out in the Kendall County area. Uh, <laughs> of course, he, 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 he's a he's a nut job. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, my favorite. I love nut jobs. <laughs> love our nuts. Yeah, that's right. absolutely. <laughs> and, and he knows I'll call him crazy because uh, let's just say he and I have a competition, and we'll talk about what our competition is when he, when he comes up on the air. I'm almost we'll... afraid. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it, it's 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 weird. Oh my god! <laughs> I told you he's a nut job. He's All right, I'm in. I'm in um, for nut job. Wait, should we be saying nut job when we're talking about mental health? Though? Why not? Oh, okay. Politically <laughs> not correct. Politically yeah, correct, we're not politically right? correct. Okay. Okay. Um, no, but you know, this, this gentleman is is someone that um, I've literally bared my soul to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as I stated, he was a a, a former. Um, I don't know if he's a former or not. I know. I, I know he got tired. He gets bored real quick. Uh, I don't know if he's still a Yorkville alderman, but I do know that he, um, I hope I'm getting this right. He, he, he'll, he'll let me know if I'm getting it wrong, Uh-oh. but, um, he's also part of an organization called hope for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and basically hope for the day. I, I love this. I love this. Their logo on their logo. It says it's okay not to be okay. Mm. Oh, hush. Welcome to the show. My good friend, my competition, my eye competition, buddy, Joel Friedis. Joe, what's up, bud? Hey, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. I'm doing good. Not so, even seeing you. So, so do we do we tell them about our, our eyeball competition? I say yes. <laughs> I want to know what this is. Sure. So, I mean, uh, go so ahead. I used to visit John down in Springfield, and um, it was never in a position where I could actually see him, so I would just send him pictures of my eyeballs, <laughs> and you'd see him on the house floor and zooming in. He's also got his phone up to his eyeball, taking selfies of just his eyeball, and that just became the way that we communicated. On the house years. floor. While yeah. I was on the house floor. Yeah. You know what? That activity, <laughs> that activity actually sounds like a good use of time compared to what the people are was, doing down in Springfield. Same I'm all for it. Oh, absolutely. But, but, the first time I was down there, they were talking about the banning of baby bumpers. Yeah. I mean, he had oh, plenty yeah. of time to talk about that. I did. So. I did. But, Joe, t- tell us about um, uh, Hope for the Day. Um, tell sure. us about yeah. what, what, so what, what do you guys do? Is a, so it's a nonprofit movement, and we're trying to empower the conversation on proactive suicide prevention and mental health education by kind of meeting people where they are. So rather than assuming that everyone has, like, this baseline understanding of who they are, where they come from, their environment, all the things that could potentially stress them out, we just we're, we're open, and we understand that in every line of work in every color skin in every type of community we all have an incredible amount of stress that we're not talking about yeah and when you realize that we're all like pop bottles and every day we're getting shook up by not only internal stuff that we don't know you know our family disposition or the likelihood that we might have a potential mental issue um, but then also all the stress that comes along with just being alive in 2019 so it, it was formed in 2011 by johnny boucher who has lost, you know, I think it's anywhere between 9 and 16. I think the list is now 16 of his friends and family who have died by suicide. Wow. And rather than watching it continue to happen, he decided to actually do something about it. So it started out at punk and metal shows. He would just hand out resources, telling people that, hey, if you're going through some stuff, there are people out there that you can talk to. 
And as simple as that sounds, what he was doing was actually starting a conversation on a conversation that we're continuing to have today, yeah. which is simply letting people know that it's okay not to be okay. We're all kind of works in progress. But the one thing that we can't do is we can't assume that the person that we're interacting with, whether it's a stranger or a family member or a coworker or a relative, we can't assume that they're, they're not going through something at the moment. So it's almost like leading with dignity and leaving out that judgment because we all have this idea that we have to be a certain way, but that's the, that's the actual opposite of yeah. what truth is. And truth basically says that you are not judged by what you are going through. You are judged by how you respond to it, how you react to it. And that's something that we also need to kind of look at this, it's okay not to be okay mantra, this Love slogan, it. and realize it. that it's just as perfectly understandable to focus inward and kind of take care of your own dirty laundry. You know what I mean? Correct. So it's a, uh, it's a calling card to meet people where they're at and to be honest. I mean, I'm 40 years old. I have a beautiful wife, you two old. amazingly healthy children. I'm unfortunately, I'm still an alderman in New York, Phil. I got all this stuff going on, <laughs> and I'm not okay. But it's, yeah. it's me taking the time to understand what makes me feel better but also what stresses me out, but then also to share it with people that understand that I'm not perfect. And that's kind of where it's okay not to be okay is a huge calling card, and I'm, I'm proud to be a part of the organization. Where, Joel, I was, I was, this is Raquel, by the way. I was going, I was going to ask you, okay, so this started with a, a guy who saw a lot of his friends committing suicide. How did, how did you get involved, and how did, this, uh, how, how did this touch you in a way to get involved? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, sure. what was yeah. the impetus to get you going? Yeah, so I got involved um, in 2017. Well, you know, I'm still an alderman, but in 2017, I lost a friend, uh, Mike Malinowski, 40 years old, one of my favorite people on the planet. He completed suicide, mm. and it ruined me. Like, I couldn't even move for a good two or three weeks. I was having a really hard time just, you know, showering, um, you know, making my kids breakfast. Everything was a chore. And uh, my mayor at the time, Mayor Gary Galinsky, kind of, called me one day because he saw me at city council just kind of staring off into space. He's like, what are you going to do about this? I was like, well, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not doing anything. He's like, Love well, that's Gary. the point. Love Gary. Well, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, Gary is like still one of my favorite people on this planet, like hugely inspirational, and he let me screw up, which is something that a lot of people as leaders don't do. Mm-hmm. He led by wow. example by saying, well, this is what I'm going to do. You can do what you got to do. And he basically nudged me to get involved in doing something to kind of heal through pain, and it was healing through action. And I actually drafted a a proclamation called the National Suicide Prevention and Action Month Proclamation. And after we adopted that in 2017 in New Yorkville City Council, I contacted every elected official that I knew. And we ended up the year with 27 uh, cities in three different states, plus the state of Illinois, all adopting a resolution that said three things. Number one, suicide is an issue. Number two, there are resources available. Number three, you are enough. And as simple and as, you know, hippy-dippy as that might sound, the traction that I got on that conversation was enough to inspire me to do it again. Wow. So that first year was 27 cities and three states plus the state of Illinois and three counties in Illinois. In 2018, it was 234 cities and 20 counties and 40 different states. Then this last year, um, but last year, this last year, I've actually been going out to these cities rather than just sending a piece of paper to people and asking them to talk about suicide. I actually went out and talked about suicide in person. Um, which took a lot of uh, energy and it took a lot of time, but I almost feel like this year being aligned with hope for the day and them seeing something in my ability to communicate just about the stuff that sucks. Um, I've had a lot of good, painful conversations, but I think that I'm, I'm actually finally doing something that I should be doing, which is, like I said, talking about the stuff that sucks so it doesn't suck as much anymore. 
You know, it's interesting to me, Joel, this is Jennifer. There are so many different therapies, um, so many different options for people who are struggling with mental illness, depression, anxiety, or whatever form it takes. But it kind of sounds like to me when you're talking about bringing people together, um, it's okay that you're not okay, that kind of a, a big piece of this is coming out of the shadows and joining a community, that, that you're not alone anymore and that there's other people right. that feel the way you do. And it's, do you find that that's a big piece that sometimes it kind of ends there, that people come together, they talk to each other, they feel like they're part of a group, and then it may not devolve into, I'm going to take this route, you know, with drugs or therapy. Do you sometimes find that it's just what some people need to be part yeah. of a group? No, absolutely. And, it, and, and that's kind of one of the inspiring things about humanity is that mm-hmm. we all have different ways of not just, I think the word coping is sometimes a little bit more of a cop-out than right a way of saying that when you add all these different layers to who you are as a person, some of them, like there's some people, I went through counseling for about a year and a half after Mike died because I didn't realize how much of an impact somebody else, you know, he wasn't a daily figure in my life, but it it literally ruined my ability to feel normal. But just being a part of the community that was talking about therapy Mm -hmm. and talking about counseling, um, because I have friends who self-medicate. I mean, I think we're all guilty of that, whether it's alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling, whatever. When you finally take that step, to say, okay, I'm hurting the people that I love. I need to, uh, in essence, kind of grow up a little bit and figure out how to take care of myself so the people that love me still have a reason hey, hey, to Joel, love. I Joel. don't want to alienate hey, my Joel. entire family Joel. friends. You know? Hey, Joe, can you can you hold over for just a couple more minutes? Uh, I want to get tell people where they can find you. You listen to AM560, The Answer, Black and Right. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right on AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love. Well, there it is, Jennifer. <laughs> Welcome back. Amateur to, out. Yeah. Well, no, no, you're good. You, guys, you guys are acting like pros, trust me. No, but welcome back to Black and Right um, on AM560 Answer. Before we went on break, we were talking to my good friend Joel Frieders, uh, Yorkville Alderman, and also a member of Hope for the Day. Um, Joel, um, are, you, are you there, buddy? Yep, I'm still Hey, be, 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 before I let you go, I just want to personally and publicly thank you. You know, you've been there for some of my darkest days. Uh, I've, I've always been able to contact you. And Jen, is it, I hope I don't butcher her name, Jen Slepica, Slepica, Slepica yep. from um, um, Suicide Prevention Services. You guys were there for me. Um, I don't think I'd be here today without you. And I wanted to say thank you so much from the, from the depths of my heart that you have been, you have been and will always be somebody near and dear to me, brother. Well, I appreciate you saying that, man. Now, Glad you're still here. Thank, now tell everybody um, if someone's if, if someone was in the situation that I was and I needed to reach out needed to find out resources um, as the dog barks uh, you must be cooking bacon um, <laughs> he loves bacon by the way um, uh, how how can the people find out who you are or how how to reach sure. you guys well our social media strategies are, are pretty consistent and we we partner with everybody who is ready to talk about it from musicians to artists to anybody else in between. So if you look up Hope for the Day on any social media, you're going to find a whole bunch of our messaging and our branding. Um, but also hftd.org, hopefortheday.org. Uh, there's a whole bunch of resources on there. You can get involved. You can help us raise money. Uh, one of the things to keep in mind is that we keep this conversation going. We provide education for free, and we know that it costs $13 to educate one person. Mm. So we are constantly on the move to make sure that people understand the value of the conversation and we are constantly kind of uh, not just raising money, but kind of raising the visibility of the mental health resources that are currently available. 
So if you need help with something or you know someone who needs help, sometimes the message of it's okay not to be okay can be a little bit less stressful than telling someone, I think you need help. Yeah. Uh, you can relate to people relatively easily by just reaching out and having a conversation about the organization, which can segue into helping someone by getting them some resources. So yeah. hftd.org, it's okay not to be okay and hope for the day on every uh, social media platform out there. There you have it. Joe Friedos. Hey, buddy, thank you so much for joining us, and um, look forward to having you back on. I'm, I'm sure you guys are getting ready to do some great things. So I saw the meeting with you. Yep, and the morning is going to be crazy, so I, I appreciate the help, guys. <laughs> thank you so much. Joe Friedos from uh, Hope for the Day. Thank you, buddy. Oh, this is bringing back a lot of, <laughs> a lot of fresh memories. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but um, and one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Thomas on um, December 23rd, 2016, um, was the day my life completely changed. Uh, was it the Kimber 2? Kimber 2, is that the 45? That's the 45. Kimber, Kimber Carry 2 was the, the, looked at my wife, told her I loved her, and I pulled the trigger. And the gun didn't go off because I didn't recognize the secondary safety. It has a secondary safety. If I'd had any other gun that didn't have that secondary safety, I wouldn't be here today. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show, because um, months later, years later, I've been that guy who's gone out to get therapy. Pastor Larry, Ron, Eddie, Pastor Dan, these are people who were there to help me. I gave away all my guns. Wouldn't carry. I didn't carry for two years. Um, I did it without the government forcing me to do that. And that's why our next guest, I wanted to have him on. He's, um, he's the, I guess the leader, the executive director of gun rights for Illinois. He also has uh, alpha comps concepts training. Uh, Thomas crawl from the black and right. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's talk about it. What would you like to talk red, about? Red what, I mean, where do you want me to? That's, uh, yeah, that's deep, laws. man. That's heavy. Red flag laws. Yeah, red flags. Unconstitutional. Uh, very unconstitutional for uh, so many reasons. I mean, it doesn't just violate the, the Second Amendment, which is the, the simple answer, um, but uh, it, it violates due process. Uh, and we're seeing abuses that are a violation of uh, free speech where people are literally getting, um, they're getting their firearms confiscated for posting memes on the Internet. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yes, uh, the answer is unconstitutional for many reasons. So what do we do? I mean, is there any pushback? I, I mean, because Illinois, we, we, we passed the law. I remember when I was down in the General Assembly, uh, we fought it. We, 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 we killed it, basically. Uh, myself and um, former Representative Eddie Sullivan, uh, we were the, the top two negotiators on anything Second Amendment when I was down there. And we killed it. So what's, what's the next step for it? Well, I mean, red flag laws um, are in Illinois. Um, we've had red flag laws since as long as I've been paying attention. They just weren't called red flag laws. Uh, I couldn't tell you the number of gun owners I've spoken with who have uh, um, going through a divorce and the other party will uh, make a claim. I'm sure some of the claims are are legit that uh, the person is violent and whatnot, but there have been so many, and people that I personally know are not violent individuals. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the ex-spouse will make a claim that they're violent, and the next thing you know, their FOID card is being revoked, uh, and they have to give up all their guns. So, you know, red flag laws are the buzz. Red flag laws in Illinois expanded that abuse of your constitutionally protected right 
Um, but we've had that abuse going on since forever. Now, John, John, yeah, John, that was a little heavy. A little heavy. I don't even know how you to weren't go expecting on that. that? I don't know how to go. I on told that. you to be prepared. I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have questions for you too. Go ahead. So you said that you you looked at your wife. You said you loved her, and you pulled the trigger. Selfish act. You were going to do that in front of your wife? Yeah. I did do it in front of my wife. But had you succeeded, you would have done that in front of your wife? And it would have been a very selfish act. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. I know that now. I'm done with you. Okay, back to Tom. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Tom. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for you, Deborah. I'm I love here. life now. Um, well, I'm glad you love life, but you know i got to yell at you for that later. <laughs> okay, Tom. So you're talking about, uh, you know, red flag laws and... John put himself on punishment yeah. afterwards. Yeah. What about the people? And by the way, I am not by any stretch of the imagination pro red flag laws. Okay. All right. But John did that. He had presence of mind. What about those who don't have presence of mind and say, hey, I'm not right. And, um, I, you know, like say if you're getting a divorce, oh, I really want to kill him or I really want to kill her. You know, I, I better like, give these to somebody who can just lock them away until I calm down. There are people who are out there like that. So, you know, abusers, they exist. Sure. How do we stop violence that they might do? What is the alternative? So I'm okay with not having any red flag laws, obviously. Mm -hmm. I'm very pro Second Amendment. But what do we... Just can you offer something that we could do? You have to look at each uh, potential scenario individually. There's no blanket answer where you can say this is what we should do to solve all the problems, right? Uh, if someone said to me that uh, I feel like so and so is uh, uh, going to do harm to me, um, maybe the answer isn't taking their guns away because let me say that people have been killing each other and hurting each other without guns, you know, since before guns were invented. Maybe the answer is get your own training and protect yourself. Um, get the, the mindset that this is you responsible for your own protection uh, and then get the necessary training to be able to protect yourself. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you have to use a firearm to do it, although that's a, an excellent means. Uh, it's a great equalizer, especially we're talking about uh, women, for example, you know, uh, it's just a reality that many women are smaller than men, so there's a, a strength issue, uh, and they might not be able to physically fight off an attack. Uh, you know, if you don't feel like a firearm is for you, there are other options. There's less lethal. There's, you know, No, I'm okay. Spray. I'm okay with that, Tom. All I'm asking is yeah. how do we stop someone? Like I said, John cut, put himself sure. on punishment. How there are people out there who won't do that. Right. They'll keep their guns. They will, you know, either harm themselves or others. How do we prevent that? We know that this guy, say, for instance, has been, in, I'm making this up, and, you know, uh, has been increasingly getting weirder and weirder, say, for instance. And he's on the verge of, you know, doing something really bad. We're not sure, mm -hmm. you know. So what do we do? H how, how are we going to do that? To Taking away a dangerous person's guns doesn't make them any less dangerous. So mm -hmm. we, have to look, we have to look at another alternative uh, of getting this person the, the help that they need. Mm -hmm. um, if you see someone who is showing those signs, I think it's a very good idea that you should uh, do or say something to facilitate that help. Um, but 
but like I said, you know, just to think that, okay, well, I'm going to take away this person's guns. That's going to make everything better. That's a false sense of security. That's mm-hmm. not the truth. So we can't look at that as it's a, an answer when it's not. We have to do something else. I am all for um, rehabilitation and treatment and, and those types of things, which will have a positive impact. Um, and like I said, if you see someone that's exhibiting those signs, then it's a great idea to, to do what you need to do to get them the help that they need. Um, I just, as I said, I think that taking away their guns is a false sense of security. I want to play devil's advocate for just a moment with you. Um, from I can hear women in the audience now listening to what we're saying about when a threat is made against somebody, um, how would they... Um, deal with it if this person is threatening them with a gun and they are told, hey, what you need to do is you need to arm yourself and you need to meet fire with fire. We can't take someone's gun away. So what is your position when someone is making a direct threat, whether it's a domestic situation or it's just anybody making a threat against somebody? In that case, in that situation, would you be in favor of a gun being removed in that case? Or is your red Flag, law, prohibition, absolute. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. We're talking with Thomas Crawl, Gun Rights for Illinois and Alpha Concepts Training. All right, the answer to that question is, uh, the question, let me just summarize it to make sure I understand. You're saying to me that, uh, hypothetically speaking, someone is making a threat against another person. All right. Well, that's against the law. Sure. We don't need another law. Okay, so let's let's go through the process of... of exercising that law you've made a threat against a uh, violence against another person so let's do what the law says and let's incarcerate this person um for breaking the law for making a threat of violence um if they're in jail they can't hurt you yeah that's a good point hey thomas um where can people find you i, I know you you you're really yes i am um i know you're really into um i gold and uh, where can pe- you have a website? Sure. Um, where can people find you? So uh, the website is uh, Gun Rights for Illinois. This is number four. Um, there's a, a contact form on the website. You can get a hold of me that way. Uh, a lot of great information on the website. Uh, a lot of uh, summaries of the Illinois gun laws. Uh, a lot of news posted to the site uh, about information that relates to guns, gun rights in Illinois. Uh, also on Facebook, Gun Rights for Illinois. There's both a page and a group. Uh, and um, so those are the best places to find me if anyone needs to get a hold of me. So what, what's um, before we let you go, what's the next fight? What's, what's the next assault on the Second Amendment coming down in Springfield and across America? We just uh, beat off what they were calling Fix the Foid. That was going to require fingerprints for the uh, firearm owner identification card. Um, there's, uh, the fight never ends. Uh, there's constantly there's hundreds of bills last legislative session that were introduced uh, to take away our, or limit our gun rights in one form or another. Um, so that's never going to end. You know, I do fully expect to see that fix the Floyd bill coming back in a slightly watered down form. Um, and so I think that that is something that we really need to uh, uh, fight off because it's going to make the right to bear arms. It's going to make the right to self-defense uh, privilege uh, reserved only for the wealthy. And, uh, you know, people who don't have the financial means have the same rights as everyone else. And when is I go? iGold is April 1st. Oh, uh, the Illinois State Rifle right. Association has uh, chosen April 1st to be the iGold 2020. And that's, uh, <laughs> I, di- I didn't pick the date. You can uh, forward your comments to Illinois State Rifle Association Richard, about the date. Eddie, 
Yeah. Um, so Illinois Gun Owner Lobby Day, for those that aren't aware, it's one day a year. You know, just for the record, I'm not actually involved other than uh, doing everything in my power to promote it. Uh, I, I think that we need more gun owners. It's one day a year. Put in your time off request. Get down there. Um, you know, be heard. Your voice matters. I don't. It does, you might not think it does, but your voice matters. Stand yeah. up, be counted. And it's a good time. So yeah. one day a year, hang out with uh, fellow gun owners. March on the Capitol. Uh, we're going to exercise our First Amendment right to defend our Second Amendment right. So uh, I think every gun owner needs to be there. You're going to stick around for a while, I'll right? stay as long as you let me. Okay. <laughs> You're going to have to remove me forcibly. Right. It's a party. It's a party. Hey, <laughs> why not? And, and you know what? Here's the reason why it's a party. Our next guest is somebody you know very, very well. I, uh, I You know what? I'm still upset. I actually got the idea of coming up with a show by seeing you and my next guest in the belly of the beast. Because I said to myself, if they can do it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if we can figure it out. If those two can figure it out. Come on now. Uh, no, but she's, she's been a dear friend of mine. Um, most people, when they see us together, is that your little brother? Yes. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, right now, though, she's helped so many people run for office mm-hmm. that she finally... <coughs> She finally decided to run for office, and she's running for uh, DuPage County Recorder of Deeds. I, she don't need. She doesn't need an introduction. Yeah. Right? You want to introduce your friend? Uh, yes, yes. Go ahead. Uh, what, were, what was all that stuff you said? Again? The incomparable, oh, the yeah, inimitable. Come on. come on, the most awesome. Yes, Recorder of Deeds that Kennedy. DuPage will ever have. Babette Holder. Oh, Youngberg. <laughs> <laughs> what's up hey you guys i'm sitting here in the tundra of wisconsin i'm way up oh, north in gosh. hayward wisconsin but let me tell you the recorder of deeds is a republican it's female <laughs> she already looked up the recorder of deeds in wisconsin by the way where she is so is it snowing up there any snow it is, is it, they have a blizzard warning in oh. effect. I'm sitting in my car in town on Wi-Fi with cellular service. Anything from my friends. It looks like it's a full audience there. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Hey, Bebe. Oh. <laughs> so, so, so Bebe, you know, I wanted you to run for something else. You didn't listen to me. Um, you tell me I don't listen to you. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 and that post that I made the other week was totally my, I wrote it, that Babette was right. I should have listened to her, uh, for the record. Um, so why are you running for office? Um, you, what does the recorder do and why is it necessary? You know what, John? Good question. It's a perfect fit. I know a lot of people know I'm heavy on policy. I, you know, one of the best Two, you got three great debaters sitting there. Because, John, you never listen to me anyway, so we don't debate. No, no. You got three people in there <laughs> that, you know, are great. <laughs> but a lot of folks were like, why not a policy position? Well, honestly, I have a background in property management, budget handling, real estate. I mean, this is really, and it's all about service. I mean, that is what that office does. The recorder of deeds provides and they record the documents, the imaging and everything that deals with real estate transactions and yes, including liens and for the military we do the DD two fourteens for them. Okay. Oh no, you, yeah, come on. Oh, now. You, know, you want me to answer the you know <laughs> I'm with you, John. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank George. you very much, Hopper. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, John. Like, uh. but you know what though? One thing I can say about Babette and working with her on our, on our little show is that Babette is very detailed. Yes, she's all about you. You know, 
I'm like, let's just do it. And she's all like, um, wait a minute, what are we going to say for the first two seconds? And then the seconds after that? So, uh, she, so this is kind of, believe it or not, she's right. This is very perfect for her. Um, it's not. You, you, no. No. You don't understand. Whatever. I, I, get, I get what you're saying, John. Whatever. But you don't understand. This is, this is who she is. The I's have to be dotted and yeah. the T's have to be crossed, and she's an I dotter and T crosser. Whatever. That's all I have to say about that. We need a what else. So, uh, so Babette, Wrong. tell me about your race. Tell us about your race. Like, what's going on there? Like, what's the? Give us some juice. You know, I like juice. We all like juice, don't we, Jennifer? Well, first, oh. well, well, like you, like you said, Raquel. I am. I literally, people don't realize. I really am. I plot. I plan, and I chart you know, the course and Raquel's right. You know, I'm like, well, what's our opening? And we got to have this and that. And do you have an image? But seriously, recorder of deeds, by the way, a little history for you all. The first recorder of deeds in Washington, D.C. was Frederick Douglass. Guess who's the president of Frederick Douglass, Illinois? We're co- we co-president together. But that holder and Raquel. Is that so, right? No, it's yeah. excellent. Yes, yes. If you look it up, Frederick Douglass was the first recorder of deeds for Washington, D.C. He actually resigned from being the marshal to be the recorder. So I feel like it's fate. What's going on in a race is I do have a primary opponent. And Uh-oh. then in the general, there is a Democrat opponent who has run a seat election three times, I believe, Um I believe all three times was for the uh, state representative seat of the 42nd district. Talk about a coincidence right there. That was formerly Jeannie Ives and now Amy Grant's seat. Now she's looking to run for recorder of deed in DuPage County. Recorder of deeds in DuPage County is the second largest county in Illinois for people who don't understand that. And, you're, you know, they bring in about total revenue for the year is $15 million overseeing about $16 billion in land assets. Wow. It's a big job. So, Babette, you were talking about your soon-to-be occupation, and it sounds very clerical in nature, and I'm sure there's more to it than that. So for people listening, why is it important that we have a conservative recorder of deeds Good versus question. just a recorder of deeds if, all you're doing is just recording deeds. Can you kind of shed some light on that? Yes, absolutely. Great question, question. by the way. Right now we're, we're watching what's going on in DuPage County. We have uh, some left that believe they're the squad. Um, They want to bring, you know, national and state level politics into county level. DuPage County has always been a county that has held to great fiscal responsibility. We had a nice uh, level tax there for the first time in years. They're going to see a property tax increase in DuPage. Uh, We have uh, Democrats that have won other positions and offices, such as the clerk. Budget requests and demands have, you know, they're just spiraling up and out of control. And as I said, well, one thing people don't realize is the recorder of deeds office typically brings in three times what his budget is. Now, granted, it is a bit dependent on the real estate market, which is still soft in the state of Illinois. And we all know there's many reasons for that. You know, basically the cost of living here and the high taxation. 
But, you know, you need to toe the line. You're looking at someone who's got to realize, you know, what do we need to operate efficiently and yet still provide a timely service to those professionals that um, deal with land transactions and deeds, you know, um, being warranted and so forth. You know, you got attorneys, you got realtors, you got homeowners and sellers and buyers. They all are dependent upon that office. So, Babette, do you have like uh, anything, anything coming up for people to come join you? Do you have a website? Uh, social media presence. How can we donate? How can people donate? How can people donate? Um, how can people, I'm, I'm sorry, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how can people donate? Yeah, no, that is a big thing. You know, it's not one of those sexy races. We're on the back of the ballot, and so I think we tend to get a little bit overlooked, those of us that are running in countywide races. So you can go to holderforrecorderofdeeds.com. That's holder, H-O-L-D-E-R. I am the holder on the right. Don't get it confused. Holder for recorder of deeds. That's Eric Holder. And that's my website, <laughs> and you can donate. Yes, not Eric Holder. It is the, you know, know the guy, know who he is, related, but I'm the opposite of him. So, no, good question. And, and nothing much coming up at this moment. I'm taking a breather from you know, filing over 4,000 signatures to get on the ballot, but we'll be yeah. kicking it in high gear in another week. Well, Babette, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I know we, we, we were supposed to get you last week. I wanted to get you in there. So thanks for joining us. Babette Holder, candidate. Thank for you. DuPage yeah. Thank you very Coming up in hour two, we're moving over to the radio until the hour. Uh, then we'll be listening to Black and Right on Facebook Live. You guys ready? Let's have some more fun. Let's talk politics. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. No dancing from you? No dancing? Okay, there we go. <laughs> now, welcome to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Charles Love is off today, so I'm very excited to be welcomed in studio by the, I hope I can say this word right, is it the ever vivacious? Is that right? Effervescent? <laughs> no. Are you making a word? Effervescent. Okay, vivacious? No, vivacious. There okay. it is. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> no, let's make a word. No, it's worse. He's combining them. I'm combining them. Yeah. Effervacious. Hey, right. Effervacious. Let's do let's, it. Let's create, hey, we create, we create our own words around right here. here. Hey. Right here. Copywritten. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Raquel Mitchell, thanks for joining us in the studio today. Hi, I'm a woman. What did I say? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Lately, for what? the past couple What's of weeks, everything. politics. No, listen. Listen, for the past couple weeks, when I call a customer service line, yes, sir, I'm like, but I'm a check. You see this? So for those out there in Radio Land, I'm a woman. Wow. The identity I, politics thrown right at I me. I identify as she, her. Cisgender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We're also joined in studio <laughs> by Jennifer Nevins. Ne Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us on Black and Thank White. Thank you for having me along. I'm like living the dream right now this, <laughs> in this studio. So, yeah. awesome. So, so I'm sorry for, you know, making that such a sad first hour, but I, I think it's something that's important. Oh, it no, it is. It Definitely. is, John. You know, I, I, thought, I thought talking about mental health mm -hmm. and finding resources and having somebody to talk to, and it, guess what? It's okay not to be okay. 
Well, for our audience, uh, in the first hour, we discussed mental health, mental health in the black community, mental health in um, uh, in, in owning guns yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and red flag laws. So that that happened during our. And we first had a hour. practitioner in as well, Dr. Laughlin. Yes, positive approach. So. Yeah. Um, so you I, may want to give, you know, and don't forget a day for hope. Might as well. Let oh, everybody well, know. you know, uh, it's hope for the day, not hope. day for the hope. Well, Get it right. Come on. Um, Did you write it down? No. Oh, you simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> and we also, Tom, Thomas Crawl stuck around with us from Gun Rights for Illinois. I told you you're going to have to kick me out. Well, I'm going to have to kick you out? You're going <laughs> to. That's fine. Um, so now we talk politics. Yeah. You know, you talk about, you, you, you know, when, every time I see somebody put their name saying, hey, I want to run for something, I'm like, please don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do it. Not here in this Save day. yourself. Save yourself. Save <laughs> your soul. Um, so I, I, the, uh, the next guest is somebody who, when I saw that he was going to run, I said, uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, and if you guys, the moment I say his name, you, the first thing's going to jump in your mind. Uh, but he's a really, really good dude. He's somebody who's strong on faith. He's strong on the Second Amendment. He's strong on really wanting to bring Illinois back to greatness. Uh, I want to welcome to the Black and Right on AM560, The Answer, none other than Tim Ozinga, candidate for the 37th State Representative Legislative District. Tim, thanks for joining Black and Right. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Whew, you really want to do this, huh? <laughs> Save yourself, Tim. So, so, I had a similar experience with a lot of people trying to convince me... Uh, to uh, save myself, but uh, I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. So yeah. that's great. So Tim, t- talk to us. Tell us why you're running. What 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 makes you think Tim Ozinga can go down to Springfield and clean out that swamp? Well, um, as you mentioned, I, our family has a long history of a faith background, and we've had sort of a, a mission statement that we've abided by for many generations terms of why why we do what we do and that is to honor and glorify god and serve the crown of his creation which is our our fellow man uh our fellow people and so i just feel very motivated and inspired to uh use my gifts and talents to benefit uh the community uh we've been very blessed and fortunate to be a part of the community for over 91 years in the business side of things and it's time to give back that's good you want, you want to go, Rock? I'll let Jennifer go. Go ahead, Jennifer. <laughs> hey, Tim, thank you for running. Um, you know, you're, gonna, you're looking to go down to Illinois, um, you know, when you're going to be in the super minority. And I think that there's a tendency on the part of a lot of people who are trying to do what you're doing, that they're looking at how am I going to build a bridge? How am I going to reach across the aisle and get along with everybody who's down there, i.e. the Democrats? What is your philosophy that you're going to use when you go down there and you're going to you want to get something done you want to have good working relationships but on the other hand you want to keep to the principles that you just espoused so kind of how are you going to walk that line uh for one thing I, you know i feel very strongly guided by my principles and for me what what guides me is uh, my faith my family uh and this concept of freedom and, and what makes uh our country great and from my perspective, a lot of this is about leadership. We don't need more politicians in Illinois. We need leaders now to step up. And the number one way to be a good leader is to lead by example, and I hope to do that down in Springfield. Right. Because, you know, the fear oftentimes when we look at people who we send down to the state house is that they're kind of going to get, I hate to, for lack of a better word, kind of corrupted 
by the atmosphere that's down there and that people come in with good intentions. And then what ends up happening is it just turns into just another Illinois GOP politician. And we've had so many of those in this state and people get just to the point where they don't even think it's worth casting a ballot for anyone because they're all the same. So it's interesting to me to hear you talk about how your faith grounds you and that that's going to help you kind of keep to the principles that you're espousing. Because I have to tell you, as you know, and you probably hear it all the time, it's a very real fear of of all of us that when we have Republicans come down there, you know, in the end, what good does it do? Yeah. Yeah. One of, one, yeah so, go ahead, Tim. So I think one thing that, uh, you know, I, I'm really interested in fighting for the future. I have a passion for the next generation, and we're in a family business, and I see it all the time, other family businesses that fail because they don't have a succession plan, and mm-hmm. a.k.a. they didn't prepare for the next generation. And so that's what I'm really passionate about and motivates me is, is how can we start to raise up this next generation of leaders? I believe it starts on the local level. And I think we need people that are in it for the right reasons. And I tell people this all the time. You know, I don't I didn't need to do this. Um, Definitely don't need the money. Don't need a job. Don't need the health care benefits. Don't need a pension. I'm here because I want to give back. And that's that's what's motivating me is how can we make sure we secure a bright future for the next generation? Hey, uh, Tim, this is Thomas with Gun Rights for Illinois. I've got a question for you. I saw that you're having a uh, fundraiser at uh, a gun range, what, Shoot Point Blank in Mokina on December 11th? Yes, that's oh, correct. That When I see uh, that type of uh, posting, I get very excited. Um, you don't see a lot of... Uh, you don't see a lot of candidates for office uh, in in this state or any state being openly uh, pro gun, um, but that's a broad statement. And I just wanna I wanna ask you kind of an open ended question: What does it mean to you when, uh, like John Anthony says, you're very pro Second Amendment? What does that mean to you? You know, it's uh, it's a freedom that I think a lot of us in in America take for granted and mostly because a lot of us don't, uh, haven't had exposure to it. And, and I was one of those people myself. I didn't, uh, necessarily grow up, uh, with, with guns, but over the course of my life have, have started to really understand and appreciate, uh, that freedom and that right that we have in the second amendment. And it's something that, uh, is very important and to the point where, um, I'm now teaching a lot of these traditions to to my elder two daughters as well. Um, I think it's it's a very um, you know for me it's a sport. I'm I'm into uh, shooting on the range. I'm into doing sporting clays and, and other things like that. And it's a it's a sport, but it's also a, a very important right that was given to us in our constitution that we need to uh, fiercely protect. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. We're talking to the candidate for the 37th State Representative Legislative District, Tim Ozinga. Tim, this is Raquel. How are you? I heard, by the way, Good. you guys, I heard, I heard Tim speak once, and um, he said something so poignant. Um, I was like, yeah, keep that. I'm such a politico. Yeah, keep that line. That's a good line. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, all right, so I'm coming from you. I'm coming to you from a standpoint of a cynical um, political person. So um, your your family's business is, um, you know, it's everywhere. Everybody everybody knows. Um. Uh, and my question to you is, 
how are you going to overcome uh, your being profiled uh, by the Democrat, by the left, as someone who is, um, okay, as someone who, stop, John is distracting me, as someone, as, as someone who's like a big fat cat. You got 10 seconds you to know. answer the question. Go. Yeah, you got 10 seconds, go. And, and let people know your website, where to reach you. Uh, my website is uh, ozinga4il.com, so check us out there. And you could also find us on Facebook. We have a lot of great content there as well. All right, Tim, Tim Ozinga, Canada right, 37. Thank you for joining us. We're taking a break, and while we do, hit the black and white on the Facebook page. Give us a like and tell us what you think of the show. We'll be right back, and I'm going to keep And now, more of Black and Right. On AM560, here are your hosts, John Anthony and Charles Love. Thomas, did you dance? Can you dance? Horribly. Oh, boy. Come on. You got to get it. You got to leave now. You got to leave. <laughs> your, your time is up now. You can leave. Only good dancers here. Only good dancers. <laughs> Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Uh, we're joined in studio by my good friend, Raquel Mitchell, Thomas Crawl. And Jennifer Nevis. Jennifer, um, during the break, you you had a very important point that you were you thought should have been made um, in that last call. Well, you know, Raquel was getting to it, and I think it's a really important question that I would ask of any candidate who's running. That could be Tim, it could be Jim Overweis, it could be any number of other people who have big business interests, like he does. Um, how is that going to impact or influence how you do your job? Yeah, because I think the cynical. Uh, among us, and and I'm not suspicious of Tim at all, but I I just think it's a valid question for all of us to ask, okay, are there things that you're not going to be able to vote for? Are there things you're going to abstain from? Are we going to hear a lot about how that is going to conflict with my business interest? And I think it's going to be interesting to see how um, Tim and other candidates who are running this cycle uh, deal with that, deal with those questions from voters, and if they do get into office, how are they going to deal with it? And we've seen that from Trump. Moreover, yes, yeah, more you guys, another important factor is you have to be prepared right in your gut to face what the Democrats have right. for you. Yes. When they run, they're going to call Ooh. you everything that uh, you're like, you don't you, you won't even recognize yourself. Right. So yep. how is he going to carry be. those things? That's that's absolutely. And what goes for Democrats, what they can get away with, unfortunately, is not what Republicans are often able to get away with. You have got to be twice as good and you've got to have your answers right there. Yeah. Yep. And you've got to know you've got to bring it from day yeah. one. So. And, you know, you know, I think that that's a good segue to to our next guest, because um, when you look at um, corruption and transparency in government, uh, Illinois, we, we, we lag so well behind in, in, in yeah. what's actually are in our books, what's actually in our, our budgetary systems. Yeah. Uh, I had Alan Skillicorn on uh, a few weeks ago. and We talked about. Um, doing a an, uh, an, uh, forensic audit. I think that's something we need. We need an enema mm-hmm. here in Absolutely. Illinois. And I think this next group, uh, the Edgar County Watchdogs, they've been out there doing this for the last, well, I believe it's the last eight years. They've been traveling across Illinois to ensure accountability, truth, and transparency in local um, bodies. Uh, John and Kirk from Edgar County Watchdogs, welcome to Black and Right. Thanks. Appreciate you having us. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for joining. You know, we have a lot to cover in a short amount of time. Uh, can you both tell us quickly how and why you became watchdogs? Well, for me, it was a matter of uh, one ambulance call. On a, I'm a fire chief and an EMT, and long story short, my dispatchers ended up lying to me. The uh, 911 board lied to me, claimed that our dispatchers were actually certified by the state. 
I uncovered that they were not. In fact, they weren't licensed for over six years, which also led to uncovering our 911 center was not even licensed to operate. And I thought, well, heck, if they're going to lie about that stuff, what else are they lying about? And it just snowballed from there. Okay. Well, you know, um, that's a good question. I, I see on your website at EchoCountyWatchdogs.com, you've been working on some things in Will County, specifically regarding the Joliet Township Supervisor, Daniel Vera. Uh, there was also a story on CBS a few weeks ago. Uh, he's the former Will County Democrat Party Chair. So he clearly has been elected official for a while. What is going on at Joliet Township? John, you want to take that one? Um, well, the the television news uh, story was about the the alleged use of of uh, township road district equipment and personnel on his private property, which included uh, rebuilding a rock wall and some pavement and moving around some big old concrete uh, flower pots. Um, then we run up. Just today, we published an article on uh, the compensation resolution from the term before this pat the one that's going on now, where they it was like a multiple choice, and then when they figured out who they who was running for the office of township clerk, they decided 45 days prior to the election uh, what salary which she was going to get when that should have all been set 180 days prior to the election. Right. Uh, Wow. I, I know that you were working on some things um, in, in other parts of Will County as well, a little bit uh, further, uh, I don't know, west of uh, Joliet. Um, what do you say when people malign you? You know, they don't know why you're in their town stirring up problems. I noticed that uh, when you were working on uh, another case um, in uh, Bolingbroke. Uh, people were like, who are they? And, you know, Township. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who are who are these people and why are they stirring up trouble in our little town? And we love everybody. And why are you why are you being so mean to them? What do you what do you say to that? Well, we typically laugh it off because we hear it so often. But I always ask two questions. Says who and with what proof? You know, a lot of people will try to discredit what we're saying or imply that we're just there to make trouble. We've been doing the same thing in every public body for the last almost nine years now. And we're there because local citizens were basically unable to speak out due to retribution that happens locally. So we'll take that burden on our shoulders. We'll take that heat so those local individuals don't have to. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and here's another thing. So what do we what do we do? How do we how do we reach you? Do we send up a, a bat signal? Hey, <laughs> hey, there's some, there's something funny going on. <laughs> I know corruption. that. Yeah, right. I, I know that uh, I've kind of done that in the past. And, and I'm like, uh, are they coming? Because I need a cavalry. <laughs> yeah, we we we've got a bat mail on our website. Just kidding. There's a. Uh, <laughs> There's an, either an about us or contact us page. You can send us an email. You can call an uh, uh, anonymous number. Uh, you can send, upload anonymous files to the sync folder we have. Um, however you want to uh, contact us, is fine. And we don't reveal our sources. So whoever calls us gets a hold of us. Oh. We don't re- reveal our sources, and we beat it back three times this year in, in uh court. They tried to force us to reveal our sources, and it didn't work out for them too good. You know, and, and speaking of that, a, a lot, there's been a lot of misconception that even in DuPage, DuPage Township that a particular uh, trustee was the one that reached out to you and brought you guys there. Uh, can you clear that up for our listeners and for those people that are in Brook and the DuPage Township? 
Yeah, I'll be happy to. And we got contacted by a businessman up in Chicago, and he said there's some things going on there in the township that we ought to be taking a look at. And we started requesting records, and as soon as we did, we had other people reach out to us. But the the initial contact that brought us there was not even anybody affiliated with the township. And unfortunately for, for Alicia Benford, the trustee, um, everybody was, you know, trying to claim she brought us there when in fact that wasn't even remotely true. And what she did, you know, after she realized who we were and what we were doing, you know, she ensured that we got answers to our FOIA request and, and started to expose additional things. And, uh, you know, she basically got maligned for, you know, doing the right thing, what we elect these people to do, and that's to stand up for what's right. And when she started asking questions, they didn't like the answers, whether it be from her or from us. You know, John and Kirk, you guys are so, you know, awesome um, in what you in what you do. Um, please don't come to Wheatland Township. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not worried. Come on, bring it. Bring it, John and Kirk. Uh, <laughs> um, but I do I do want to ask uh, I do want to ask you this. How do you do this? You guys are, you know, going to court and you're, you know, foying and you're doing it. How uh, this stuff costs money. This isn't free. How do you guys do this? John Kirk, Kirk, you can answer that one. All right. They're on our web, on our web page. We've got a, a button where people can donate. And basically we depend on donations from folks. Uh, we do not take on a project based on somebody, you know, trying to send us a check. We've had people try to do that. We're not a four, you know, we're not a, for hire per se, um, yeah. we go in, we we clean things up, and if people appreciate it and like the work, we just ask them to support us, and they do that through donations online. Okay, we're listening to Kirk Allen and John Kraft of the Echo County Watchdogs on AM five sixty The Answer, Black and Right. You guys, you know, I I, I mentioned your website earlier, EchoCountyWatchdogs.com, and you know there are a lot of good watchdogs out there and a lot of bad watchdogs. And I have to admit, um, um, you guys are some of the good watchdogs. I remember a bill, Senate Bill 1102, that I worked on with you guys, which addressed prohibiting state and local public entities from providing representation for any state or local employee in a criminal proceeding arising out of that employee's employment. It got watered down, but, you know, that's that's Springfield for you, you know. So I really appreciate you guys joining us. Um, you guys do great work, and um, I'm sh- the people, EchoCountyWatchdogs.com. Thanks so much for joining us, Kirk and John. Um, we look forward to um, listening to you and hearing from you in the future. Thanks so much for joining us on Black and Right. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Appreciate it. Have Thank a good you. day. All right. See, I mean, corruption is just... Did, did, um, did I just do a Jesse Jackson? How? What'd junior? you do? What'd you do? Whatever. Bring it on. You did that? Uh, I said bring it on. Oh, you did You did do that. Bring I, it on. That was his final word. Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is, a, this is an interesting show thus far. Jennifer wants to still talk about identity politics. We're going to do oh, that. Yeah. We, we can do that. You're listening to Black and White on AM 560 The Answer. I'm John Anthony. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at J. Anthony Speaks, on Facebook, J. Anthony Speaks. Interact with us. Tell us what you think of the show or what you want us to talk about. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right on AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love. Well, welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Uh, I thought that was a a riveting conversation with uh, John and uh, Kurt. What do you guys think? I thought it was riveting. I thought it was really riveting. 
Apparently, our uh, producer George's. Uh, hey, I've done an, a lot of actual riveting. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> riveting I, doesn't have a negative connotation. I don't know where you're from. <laughs> well, you know, I'm from, from 138th Street. We from the hood. Yeah, That's where we from. The <laughs> and on the south side, riveting. Where you think 138th Street is? Oh, well, you know that's oh. that's become the hood. That wasn't all. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. No, I know. I was there from the point where before it became yeah. the hood. It's yeah. now. Oh. Speaking of the hood, uh huh. What's the hood? I don't know. I was about to do a segue, but go then ahead. I lost you it. Lo- oh, you have to, we're yeah. just gonna go with it. You have, to have you, something after it. How did you completely wait? Thank you, George. You got you got to have something. John, I want I want to talk. And George, I want to talk to you about uh, what you do when somebody's subbing in for one of you. Uh-huh. I mean, like people are expecting Charles Love to be here. Uh huh. And it's like me. So? So what I would mean? like for that to be substituted with, and Raquel. You know, what, you want production to be oh done? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. I, I think is, so. she, is she really saying this right is, now? Is there something wrong with that? Raquel, okay, this is going to be your okay, last no. time okay. on this show. Okay. No, okay. No, know that. Hold on. Go with the bang. Hold on. Go with the bang. Hold on. <laughs> I, can tear, I can tear down a wall here. Come on. Okay, come on. So. Let's do it. In 1980s Howard Stern Radio, <laughs> you could you could absolutely ask for some production to be done. And there was a guy down the hall seven uh-huh. days a week whose job was to do that. Yeah. And then there was another guy in another shift. Uh-huh. Okay. And here what we have is a few people and a ton of computers. <laughs> so unless you can get one of these computers to make that production for you, it, it's just not going to happen. So. Okay, okay, here's sorry, the question. Sweetheart. Is, 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 is uh, Raquel being a diva? Give us a call, 312-642-5600. Hold that's on. No, that's not up. fair. That is. She's being a diva. That's not fair. Okay, what's not being the fair? The question is, when isn't Raquel being a diva? <laughs> I was trying to be Rule. fair to her now. I'm just being intellectually honest. Come on. Give us a call, 312-642-5600. If you think Raquel's being a diva, please call in and let us know. 312-642-5600. In the meantime... <laughs> <laughs> in, um, in the meantime, so we, we we're have, joined in the studio by mm-hmm. Raquel Mitchell. You know she's Wheatland Township. I, I forgot all about you. We're with still with Wheaton Township. Yeah, Wheatland, yeah. But you left. I know. I'm still there. Oh god. <laughs> we're also joined in studio by Thomas Crawl with Gun Rights for Illinois, uh, and we're also joined in studio by with Jennifer Nevis. Jennifer, you. I mean, we were talking about identity politics mm-hmm. during the break. Um, what what's your issue with identity politics? Ooh, well, my my issue with identity politics. I have a lot of issues. Normally, I would say my biggest issue with identity politics is the identity politics that Democrats practice. They are masters at it. Everybody's divided up into groups. Assumptions are made about everybody. It's it's one of those things. It's this PC movement that everybody yeah. has to subscribe to. And unfortunately, and it pains me to say it, but there is a really bad moon rising, in my opinion, in this state among the Republicans. Mm-hmm. And that is that we're buying into what the Democrats sell, which is we're seeing it in the races, particularly in the Senate race. Uh We're seeing it in the 14th district. I'm sure there's other districts for which this is the case that when we have minority candidates running and God bless them, we need more of them. It's awesome. But when we have minority candidates running and we have non-minority candidates running, unfortunately what's happening is in some cases that when you're trying to vet candidates, and put everything out on the table, which is what you're supposed to do in primaries. Primaries are for fighting. I've said it. It's like my mantra. Come to my Facebook page. You'll see that. When we're really trying to separate the wheat from the chaff, what's happening is some of us who are doing that are meeting a lot of resistance because other conservatives are looking at us and saying, how can you say that you're, and flat out saying, you're a racist. You're coming at it from the wrong angle. You don't understand that community. 
And it's very unfortunate because that is a really bad thing that can infect our party. And we have enough problems in this state with the weakened state of this party that we really don't need to let bad candidates through because we don't want to do the necessary vetting. So that's just my real, my cause celeb right now. Yeah, so. yeah, I've, and trust me, I have been on Jennifer's uh, page. So have I. It's whenever I get whenever I get down, I go to Jennifer's page. Aww, it me up. Thank so you, sweet. Jennifer. Um, one of the things that you know I've seen on the page um, was uh, vote for this. Choose your ethnicity, vote or race. You know, vote for this ethnicity. The you know other people like that person will listen to them. They right. can bring in other people like that person. And it does. And I'm like, that's just not how it works. And no matter how much you try to explain um, that, that's just not how it works among these uh, ethnicities. And I'll well, give an example. Go ahead. Go, but, but it goes back to, you know, people thought we should have voted for Barack Obama because he was black. No, exactly. Right. Why are we voting for right. Barack Obama? Yeah. I'm not voting for him because he's black. What is, what is, well, what is his the, policy position? Well, John, that's the example that they give. Right. right? right. So they go, oh, well, look at look at the 95 percent of black folks that voted for Barack Obama. So, right. you know, that'll work on the Republican side. No. No, no. Yeah. That's just not how that Well, goes. and it's not a formula. It's not a, well, you plug in this, and then you're going to get this as a result. If right. that were the case, Biden would not be leading Uh-oh. with black American voters. Correct. But he That's is. True. They don't have much use for Kamala. So they don't have much use for Cory Booker. But we're supposed to believe that, and I'll just go ahead and say it, that the Senate candidate in Illinois, because she is African American, that that means that that is the key to winning the urban vote, which, I mean, that's so problematic, I don't even know what to say about it. And it's not a zero-sum game like they're making it out to be. Yeah, so, so. true. You're listening to Black and White live on AM560, The Answer. Well, uh, go Let's to our talk Facebook about page. Comment about it. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony and Charles Love on AM560, The Answer. Well, come on, Hop Daddy. Dance with us, Hop Daddy. No dancing today. With John Anthony and Raquel. <laughs> Welcome back. Too fat, too slow, and too old. <laughs> Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. We're joined in studio by Raquel Mitchell, the diva, um, <laughs> Thomas Crawl from Gun Rights for Illinois, and Jennifer Nevins, uh, former PC, former Trump delegate, and a fireball who has who just doesn't care. Uh, we were just talking about identity politics, and I, I thought I thought you were making some great points. Uh, in the break, too. Why, why don't you expound a little bit more on that? You know, part of what's been going on with the race in the Senate, um, we have a woman, and I'm just going to just name it, who voted for Barack Obama both times he ran. And now she's running as a senator. Listen, I have heard from people trying to take me to the woodshed saying, listen, don't you want people that used to vote for Obama in the party? Of course I want them in the party. Of course I want the votes. Come on in. I'm all for it. But to run for Senate, listen, we have been burned enough by people, Kirk Kinzinger on down, people who said that they were going to do one thing and turn around and do another. And here we have somebody who has a Democrat voting record, did not vote for Donald Trump in the primary in 2016, by the way. That's a matter of public record. And what I'm being encouraged to do is lay that aside because, and I've actually had people say this to me, well, all of the black community voted for Obama, which is not true, and people here in this room know that. So therefore, we need to excuse bad judgment. 
How racist is that? Yeah. I mean, it's the antithesis of what they're trying to be, which is open minded. And it's not. It's really a kind of a crappy way to think about people. And it's not fair. And I think we should hold all candidates to the same standard. Well, and that's really what I'm all about. We, we, we have Linda from Carpentersville who says that um, she's a precinct committeeman and she's been accused of racism because of policy difference. Linda, welcome to Black and Right. Hi, uh, Raquel and Jennifer. Hey. Um, yeah, hey. I've seen uh, Hey, I've seen some of the posts, and, you know, look, I do my due diligence. I just don't walk for anybody uh, to get on the ballot. And part of that due diligence means digging, right? Right. So we don't, and I, this goes back to what Jennifer was talking about, we don't want to keep putting, uh, you know, bad people on the ballot and then selling it to the Republican Party in the primary and say, here, pick one. Right. We want to be putting good, solid Republicans on the ballot. And and so, you know, before you walk a petition, I, I myself, I vet these people, and I did the vetting process with some of these people. And look, some of them were alarming to me, and I just decided that I wouldn't be putting forth the effort on a couple of those candidates, particularly one um, and it goes back to the identity politics you guys were talking about. I didn't, I didn't appreciate uh, learning about one of the candidates uh, who did vote for Obama twice. I'm just going to say her name is Peggy Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And I did look into her, and a lot of people were railing behind her. I did follow her on Facebook for years because she became this outspoken advocate against the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and, I, you know, I found her interesting. I found, I found her... Um, speak very honest and compelling. Yeah. However, you know, when she jumped in that Senate race, it, it alarmed me because um, I started to see, you know, look, I'm like, is she, is she qualified to be a senator? Is she, you know, where did she get her degree in? And, and, and did she support the party? What has she done for the Republican Party in Illinois? Has she walked for people? Has she walked precincts? Has she helped right. other Republicans get on the ballot? Well, but, you know, when I started questioning these things online, I got backlash and particularly from the candidate herself she accused me of being racist and not supporting her because of her color well thank you linda thank you for calling in the black and right on am 560 answer that's interesting it's going to be a lot more Mm -hmm. you know um you have other candidates there are others out there There, there's so many other uh we'll be right back after the break um we're going to be talking with cornell darden jr who's with the uh, South Suburban Region Black Chamber of Commerce and Industry. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right. We are, we've had a very uh, lively conversation uh, on air and off air <laughs> and, oh. Raquel, I've I've done I've had already many many face palms in my in my mind already. Just trust me. I just didn't want to show you oh. show you up. I didn't want to to you know to undiva the diva. Wrong. <laughs> my mouth is agape. Oh, okay. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, co- um, <laughs> as long as no noise is coming out, is that what I you're about to say, John? Yes. Raquel, you're not high hammering. If you guys, thank you. No, you're not. No, she. She's not. <sighs> not high maintenance oh my god you know i know but that's okay (laughs) you know our next guest um oh i can't stand you raquel raquel we both know this guy this guy is like he has his hands in like everything he's he's probably he's very smart he's he's in into it he's Mm -hmm. 
He's been a uh, former board member of the Illinois Black Chamber of Commerce. He's been with the Joliet Region Chamber of Commerce, the African American Business Association, the Division of the Joliet Chamber. You can, and on and on and on. And, and on the and Young on. Republicans. Don't and, forget Will right, County. He young was the chairman of the, the the Will County Young Republicans, and now he's the president and CEO of the South Suburban Region Black Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Mr. Cornell Darden Jr. Welcome to Black and Right, brother. Good afternoon, everyone. Hey, Raquel, John, Jennifer. How you guys? We're doing well. So, brother, you know, I've been seeing a lot of action from you on Facebook, um, what you're doing with the uh, South Suburban Region Black Chamber. Uh, Talk to the people about what it is, what are your guys' goals, what are you trying to do in the Joliet area and in the South Suburban area? Uh, Well, we're a regional chamber, so we cover Will County, uh, Southern Cook County, Kankakee, and Grundy County. Uh, So in that four-county area, uh, we have an acute mission, which is to help create, grow, and sustain black businesses. But our vision is very large, John. Our vision is to include everyone. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we really don't participate in, you know, the Buy Black movement or things like that. Uh, our motto is that we do business with those who do business with us. Wow. I like go. it. I like mm-hmm. it. Very good motto. Um, so, Cornell, so what's com- what's coming up? I just want to know, what are, you, what are you guys doing? I know that I participated in one of your events a while back. So what are you doing in the future? What's what's going on? We're continuing to grow. Uh, we are about five months old. Uh, we probably had about 70 members now. We're getting a couple members every week. We have a huge Christmas party coming up next week, December 5th. That's Thursday at 6 p.m. And just continuing to create an environment where businesses can come and network and grow their business, uh, learn, uh, become more engaged. Hey, Cornell, what what is the business environment going? What what is it like? Has 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 the president made it easier? Uh, has Pritzker made it harder? I mean, is there is there any in between between the two? Well, the the economy is doing uh, extremely well right now. Um, I get calls every day about people looking for employees. Uh, that's been a struggle for a lot of businesses, especially restaurants. Uh, that's mm-hmm. something I'm really seeing. Wow, that's it, it. We we but 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 the economy as a whole is doing okay. Absolutely. Are you looking to for for uh, Trump to do another tax cut? Um, <laughs> well, you know when it when it comes to tax cuts, uh, I'm pretty sure that most businesses are always looking for ways to cut ta- cut the fat. So they can actually do well, so they can pay their employees uh, more. Contrary to popular opinion, um, business owners aren't just looking to just, you know, enslave people or, or pay them, you know, penny wages. They actually want to take care of their people. What, what is the what is the suburban uh, black chamber going to do um, once the once the Democrat led uh, mm-hmm. House starts talking about having a, you know, going to a higher minimum wage? What, what, what is the position of your members? On that, Ooh, good question. I, I, I think when it comes to to minimum wage, I think that it, it's always uh, a struggle. Of course, you know there's that concept of a living wage, and people uh, definitely want to get, um, you know, they don't want to go to work all day long and come home and can't afford to pay their rent. So, yeah, but my as, question, uh, yeah, but my question is, how do your members feel about that? You know, these are small to uh, mid-sized business owners. Mm-hmm. That's really going to affect their bottom line. That's going to really affect their ability to stay in business. So, what is the opinion? Uh, you know, what what is your organization? What is your organization saying about that? As an organization, we haven't made a stance on it yet, but I can tell you that the post 
of the members would, would probably be something towards the effect that uh, they don't want to see a huge increase in the minimum wage. It would be a shock factor. Mm-hmm. And a lot of businesses would close overnight, uh, especially I'm talking micro businesses, you know, small businesses oh, yeah. go up to $50 million a year revenue. But what about the, the micro business that only has one or two employees, mm-hmm. if that? Hey, you hey, know, Cornell, overnight. Do, you, do you guys have social media presence, uh, uh, online presence, a website? Oh, absolutely. Our website is ssrbcoc.org, and our Facebook page is South Suburban Region Black Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Cornell Darden, Jr., President and CEO of the South Suburban Region Black Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Thanks so much for joining us on Black and Right. Thank you. All right. So, I'm going to leave you for last. Thomas, final words. Final thoughts. Final words. Uh, I want to tell, I want to ask, I want to implore every single uh, firearm owner in the state of Illinois if you hear this, I need you to be the 1%. Statistically, less than 1% of gun owners are defending their right in this state. If you're hearing this, I'm imploring you, please be the 1% and get active defending your right. Jennifer, final thoughts. My final thought is it's election season. Do your due diligence. Um, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with taking the rocks, looking what's underneath them putting them back down and then voting accordingly. Don't let any kind of sense of guilt or you're feeling like you want to be sufficiently woke. You know who you are. You know what things are most important to you. So just do your due diligence and and go and vote for the person that you believe represents conservatives. Michael, my thoughts? This 20 great, seconds for you. Uh, thank you. This is a great time to be alive, you guys, in the age of Trump. Absolutely. Um, And in the the age of uh, social media and we're we're exchanging thoughts and we're arguing and we're we're pulling all apart. This is a wonderful time. Absolutely. Don't be discouraged. Keep the faith. Thank you so much for joining us on Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. Go on to AM560 The Answer's website, download the podcast, re-listen to it, share this podcast, share the Facebook live stream. Uh, I'm so thank you so much for joining me, Raquel, Jennifer, Thomas. We'll be right back next week. Goodbye.